Well, good morning. If we haven't met, my name is Tim, and I am so glad that you're here with us this morning. This is a special shout out to everybody watching online at our Saratoga campus, our Half Moon campus, or our Latham campus. We are so glad that you chose to be with us here this morning at Grace Fellowship. Hey, this month, we've been in a sermon series titled Fan Fiction. Let me give you a quick recap if you missed a week or this is your first time here at Grace Fellowship. So why is this sermon series called Fan Fiction? Let me give you a definition of what fan fiction is first. Fan fiction is fiction written by a fan of, right, and featuring characters from a particular TV series, movie, or book. Fan fiction is like the original story, but not written by the original, the author, or authorized by the original author. It might seem legit, it might have the same characters in it, but it's not the true story. People do this with Christianity and the Bible all the time. They may take a verse out of context and they may sound right, but it doesn't really match up with scripture. Over the past few weeks, we've been dealing with phrases Christians say or phrases Christians believe that are not actually biblical. If you missed any of the past weeks, I encourage you to go to our website, go to our YouTube page, or our Spotify podcast, check out any of these sermons you have missed. In week one, our Happening Campus pastor, Tim Garner, looked at the phrase, a godly home guarantees godly kids. In week two, our Latham Campus pastor looked at the idea that God will never let me down. And then last week, our Saratoga Campus pastor dived into the phrase, God helps those who help themselves. Today, we look at another phrase that Christians say or even believe that is not actually biblical. The fan fiction that we are looking at today is this phrase, God only speaks to the godly. It's this false idea or belief system, right, that God only speaks to those who have this special ability, this special position, or this special connection with God. And we look at the Bible, what it really says, that God speaks throughout the Bible. And my hope this morning is that you're going to grow deeper in your understanding of how God speaks to each and every one of us. So here's the main idea I want us to go away with this morning. is this. Hearing from God has more to do with their availability than your ability. Hearing from God has more to do with your availability than your ability ability. Hey, when it comes to communication, I believe we all have various levels of communication skills. Hey, Ken, since we're all friends here, can I uh, be a little honest with you? I'm a horrible listener, right? I'm not very good at all. My wife and kids will affirm, right, that there are times when I'm in the same room with them or in the same car with them, and unless someone's speaking to me directly, I don't hear them. Just to help my conscience, can anyone relate? Show of hands, anybody? Oh, good, good, I'm not the only one. Hey, research shows that only 10 to 25% of actually listen effectively, right? 10 to 25% of us. That sounds about right as our technology evolves and there's more digital innovations. But a research report on global professionals found that 96% of them said they were good listeners. See, we often think we listen better than we actually do. It's so much easier today, right, 
via, to communicate something via text messages over a phone call. And forget about leaving a voicemail for someone. I know people who never check their voicemail or their voicemail box is so full, you can't even leave a message. We have so many ways to digitally message someone and there's probably about 10 different apps on my phone right now that I can get a message from somebody or get a message to someone. Ordering your coffee at Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts can all be done ahead of time on the app without ever having to talk to the cashier. You can order your dinner, book your appointments, and even do your banking all online without ever engaging with a person. See, the art of listening can easily be lost in our society today, the more we evolve and the more we don't have to speak to each other. Listening is a lost art. But get this, if we're not really good listeners with each other in our society, right, it's no wonder we may struggle with the idea that God speaks to us and listen to God. See, if we don't understand how God speaks or that God actually does speak to us, we may believe that fan fiction lie that God only speaks to the godly. But here's what I wanna tell you today, right? God is relational, God is active, and he does speak to you. The question for all of us is this. Are you in a position to listen? Are you in a position to listen? See, without hearing the voice of God, you're not gonna survive in this life yet to thrive. I don't know about you, but I desperately need to hear God's voice to be a better disciple, to be a better husband, to be a better father, to be a better leader. I need God's help to make important decisions. In a world where media and social media play a huge influence in our lives, I need God's voice to be my guidance, to be the dominant guidance in my life. Listen to what Jesus tells us in John 10. He says this, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. My sheep listen to my voice. See, when God speaks, right, are we listening to his voice and are we following his guidance? This morning, I wanna strengthen your awareness of how God can actively speak to you. For some of us today, you just need to come away with the idea that God does speak and God is relational and speaking to you. But perhaps, perhaps for some of us, it's simply a paradigm shift in understanding how God communicates. To set the stage, we're gonna go uh, to the book of 1 Samuel. And here we see in 1 Samuel 3 that uh, he hasn't really heard God speak up at this point. So when God speaks to Samuel, he doesn't really have a context of what's going on. So let's read 1 Samuel 3 to see where we are in this passage. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had gone out and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me, my son. Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. 
Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord yet. The Lord of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling to the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. Samuel wasn't able to hear God until he made himself available, saying, speak, for your servant is listening. God speaks to those who are available to hear. Hearing from God has more to do with your availability than your ability. God is relational, personal, and active, and desires to speak truth to all his children. I feel that many of us could potentially be missing from experiencing the fullness of God in our lives because we fail to understand that how God speaks. In fact, I would probably venture to say that God speaks to you probably more than you realize. However, if we limit God to our own personal box of comfort, we will not hear him speak. What I've come to realize that is that I cannot limit the power of God to the confines of my own personal comfort zone. The more we deeply experience God, right, the more we'll realize that God is actively speaking to us in our daily lives. I love the perspective Ephesians 3.20 tells us. It says this, now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work with us, in us. God's power is greater than our own comfort box. See, God doesn't work within our comfort box. My discernment of how God is moving my life cannot be limited to purely my experiences. So we often confine God to only work with what we have experienced or what we are willing to experience. Let me give you a personal example. I love sushi. I mean, I actually love sushi. I could eat it multiple times a week. There's a show of hands all over campuses. Who else here is a sushi lover? Hands up. All right, great. Well, guess what? For the first 25 years of my life, I did not like sushi. I hated the look. I hated the smell. I even hated the taste. Sushi was gross. But, but can I tell you a secret? I never even attempted to try sushi. I formed my own belief system on something that I never experienced or something that I was never willing to experience. People would ask me to try it and I would always respond with how I didn't like it. Now, how crazy does that sound to possess a worldview on sushi due to not trying it and getting out of my comfort zone. But once I did, I realized, oh wow, this is amazing. God is able to do more than we can ever imagine. God is amazing and continues to amaze me. And if we're willing, he's capable of working in ways beyond outside of understanding. So to hear God, 
We need to step out of our comfort box and be available to say, speak for your servant is listening. Hearing from God is a matter of availability. So in what ways can we make ourselves available to hear from God? The first way is this. We need to be available to God's word. The first and critical foundation of being available to hear from God, right, is through the Bible. We must read it, meditate on it, memorize it, and study God's word. See, every time we hear God speak to us in a variety of areas of life, we always need to test it against scripture. Because if we think God is telling us something that goes against the Bible, then that's not God. God's voice will never contradict the Bible. Second Timothy tells us this, all scripture is God breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. See, the Bible is much more than words on a paper. It's much more than a rule book to follow. The Bible is alive. It says it is God breathed. See, if you wanna hear God speak, the Bible needs to be your foundational base. But to hear from God has to do more than just quick reading. Be able to go deeper, read a verse, go back and meditate on that verse. If you're able to, memorize that verse, internalize that verse, spend time, journal that verse, write it down, study that verse. As you begin to do this, you'll be amazed, right, that when you're facing a particular situation, then immediately the Holy Spirit brings to your mind a scripture passage that you may have memorized or meditated on. The more scriptures we put in our hearts, the easier it will be for God to use those scriptures passages to speak to each one of us. Colossians 3.16 tells us, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. Let God's voice and God's words dwell in our hearts. The Bible is foundational. It's a foundational tool to actively speak to us every day. Hebrews 4.12 tells us, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Do you know why so many people feel they don't hear from God? It's because fewer and fewer people in the United States believe that the Bible is the divinely inspired word of God. In an article published just this month, a Gallup poll found that 29% of all US adults believe the Bible is a collection of fairy tales. But even more disturbing than that, in that same poll, they found that 16% of Christians believe the Bible is a collection of fairy tales. Have you ever read a scripture passage and something just stood out to you? in the time that it was just needed, right? That is God speaking to you. See, the Bible is God's revelation to us. The Bible is divinely inspired and illuminated by the Holy Spirit. Theologian and author A.W. Tozer says this in his book, God Still Speaks. I believe this Bible is a living book that God has given it to us and that we dare not add to it or take away from it, it is revelation. But revelation is not enough. There must be illumination before revelation can get to your soul. 
It isn't enough that I hold an inspired book in my hands. I must have an inspired heart. The Bible will never be alive and active to us unless we are convinced that God is speaking in this world. Be available and ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate your eyes as you deeply engage in God's word. The Blackberries wrote a book called Hearing God's Voice. And they said, when God speaks, he does not give new revelation about himself that contradicts what has already been revealed in scripture. Rather, God speaks to give application of his word to specific circumstances in your life. When God speaks to you, he is applying to your life what he has already said in his word. Be available to God's word. The second way we need to be available is to be available to God's guide. Another availability is being available to the promptings and the voice of the Holy Spirit as God's guide. See, the voice of the Holy Spirit can come in many ways. We mentioned earlier that the primary way God speaks is through his scripture, and the Holy Spirit is the divine inspiration and illumination of scripture. The Holy Spirit is God's voice to us. See, the world is tough enough to navigate, but I need divine guidance to flourish. Scripture has us give us the written guidelines, but the Holy Spirit is our trail guide. But the problem is, right, that many of us are not aware of the active ministry the Holy Spirit plays in our life. If we diminish the power of the Holy Spirit, we ultimately miss out on the many holy moments where God speaks to us. See, I feel that some of us are missing the promptings and the nudges of how the Holy Spirit communicates to us. Listen to what Jesus tells us in the book of John about how the Holy Spirit works in our life. At this point, the disciples were fearful about what was gonna happen once Jesus left them. See, they didn't have a context of how to navigate life without Jesus by their side. However, Jesus gives them reassurance that the Holy Spirit will be their guide in every step of the way. This one says in John 14. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. Jesus tells us that he'll give us the Holy Spirit, an advocate or another word, a counselor, someone to help us to know the truth. It's this understanding, right? As Christ followers, we have this supernatural guide to be with us and guide and direct our steps. Let's keep reading in John. It tells us this. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. See, the Holy Spirit gives peace. People often ask me, how do you know, how do I know God is leading them? How do you know God is speaking? Right, for me, the ultimate way is I get this supernatural peace. Jesus tells us that this peace that we receive from the Holy Spirit is a peace that the world cannot give us. It's a peace that the world does not understand. Meaning that when God speaks to the Holy Spirit, 
right? We have a better answer than anything else in this world. The Holy Spirit gives us peace. John 16, Jesus tells us this. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive me from me what he will make known to you. The Holy Spirit speaks in truth, guides in truth. Jesus speaks to us through the Holy Spirit and will give you peace. This week, I was at a church leadership conference and I had to get a ride from a Lyft driver to get to the conference center. I don't know about you, but I love talking to my Uber and Lyft drivers. Why? Because I know that they're a captive audience. I know exactly how long my drive is going to be. I know what our conversation can look like. So my driver, Marcus, picks me up and I begin to make small talk with him, slowly asking him kind of key life questions. As I'm talking to Marcus and talking to Marcus about his story, I discover that Marcus has an amazing testimony of the Holy Spirit speaking to change his life. Marcus served in our Navy for nine years, but he definitely wasn't living a lifestyle honoring God. He basically lived carefree, doing whatever he pleased. Then one day, God just brought conviction to him, and he described it as being able to see the truth for the first time. Remember the Bible says the Holy Spirit will speak in truth. Then one day, Marcus found a Bible nearby, opened up to Matthew 7, and God used that passage to turn his life around. Eventually, God began to get rid of relationships that was causing him to live this sinful lifestyle. Marcus is now a full-time Lyft driver who is done with his previous lifestyle and only wants to live for God, all because he heard the Holy Spirit's voice of truth in his life. Do you ever have that voice in your head that stops you from doing something you shouldn't do, right? Many people will call it your conscience, which it very well is. But it's also the Holy Spirit speaking through your conscience. Do you ever have, you ever think about making this rude or harsh statement, but you suddenly just stop? See, that's quite possibly the Holy Spirit preventing you from saying something you shouldn't say. See, when the Holy Spirit takes up residence in you, he doesn't do away with your conscience. He awakens it. He expands it. See, it is no longer your own voice bubbling from within you. It's the Holy Spirit. Amen. Listen to what Paul says in Romans about Holy Spirit speaking through our conscience. He says this, I speak the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience confirms it through the Holy Spirit. Paul here was saying this, right? That he was speaking truthful words from Christ and the Holy Spirit was speaking to him through his conscience and affirming what he was saying. Or about the time that random name comes to your mind. See, for me, I know it's the Holy Spirit because at the core of my humanity, I am a selfish person. I don't think about myself, right? So when a name pops in my mind, I know it's the Spirit prompting me to reach out to that person or pray for that person. So 
what are some practical tips that may help us put this into action? Because I feel that some of us may easily miss the promptings and the nudges of the Holy Spirit. So what should you do if someone's name or face pops up in your mind? So when that happens, the easy thing you do is just reach out to them saying, you know, just checking in, how are you doing? Or you can say, God placed your name on my heart or on my mind. Or what never goes wrong is share an occurring scripture passage with them. See, the more you take risks on promptings, the easier it'll be aware of the Holy Spirit speaking in your life. Speaking about people, the third way to be available to God is to be available for God's people. Be available for God's people, right? All throughout the Bible, right? God speaks through people to communicate to his children. See, surrounding yourself with key, like-minded, right, spiritually fulfilling relationships is another key to affirm God speaking to you in your daily life. We were meant to minister to each other and lift each other up. Ephesians 4 tells us this. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning of craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. Be available for God's people. We are all equipped, right, so that the church, the body of Christ may be built up, may be unified. Our calling is to minister to one another, right? Why? So that we're gonna grow maturity and to grow in our love. See, hearing from God is more about your availability than your ability. How are you making yourself available for key spiritual relationships? It's hard though, right? It's hard to have key spiritual relationships. I mean, we're busy. We're bouncing around from one event to another. And with how busy our lives are, it takes time. It takes being intentional to have people that God can speak through in my life. But it's also important, right? That we need people that can speak truth to us. God has used people to speak truth to me more times than I can track of, right? And the great thing about God is that God is never late. He's always on time. Words of encouragement and wisdom always come just at the right time. See, God's timing is perfect. And oftentimes people in your life can be used by God to deliver encouraging message to you at the right time. Be available for key spiritual relationships and God can use those to speak through you. But that requires some intentionality and that requires trust built over time. As we surround ourselves with God's people, right? Over intentional life-giving relationships, right? We'll begin to affirm what God is already speaking into our lives. See, Christianity was not meant to be lived alone. 
It was meant to be lived in community. This could happen through being part of a small group, taking classes here at Grace, or serving in one of our ministry area ministry teams. See, to hear God's voice, you need to be available for God's people. Fourthly, we need to be available to God's heart. Be available to God's heart. To be able to hear from God, we need to be close to the heart of God. Full confession, I am an impatient person. Maybe I'm alone here, or maybe you could identify with me, but I cannot stand to be still. I mean, when I go to the grocery store and I pick the wrong line, I get upset, right? When I'm driving on the throughway and someone's slow in front of me, I wanna go around them because what? I got places to be and things to do. When I take a day off, I take a vacation. I always want to plan because I want something to occupy my day. I can go on and on about how I can't stay still. That's why one of my favorite passages of scripture and one of the hardest for me to follow is Psalms 46.10. It says this, be still and know that I am God. I love that. Be still and know. That's such a simple statement, right? Be still and know. But it's so deeply profound in how we need to make ourselves available to God. Say, so we'll take this word like be, right? It means be who you are. Understand who you are as a child of God. Understand who your identity is in Christ. Be still. Stop. Resist the urge to do, knowing in your identity that you are fully loved by God. Be still and know in your identity, in your stillness, understand who God is in your life. And finally, be still and know I am God, right? That I embrace the stillness in my identity as God's child, and I embrace that the presence of God is near. God wants you to be still so you can hear his voice. See, even when we pray, right, to God, we sometimes just start listing off, right, prayer requests. Oftentimes, our prayer is all of us talking the majority of the time to God. What about spending time in a mode of listening? Have you ever just sat there in the stillness and the silence during your prayer time? How can you add more stillness in your life to better hear from God? See, when we think about speaking, God speaking to us, right? Our perception is that God speaks in this loud voice that comes with a bang. But in my experience, God often speaks in a whisper, in those quiet, intimate moments. Think about this. Think about when you whisper something, someone, right? I can't whisper to something, someone, when I'm like five feet away. In order for me to whisper to you something, I need you to come like really close to me, right? Because if we wanna hear from God, we need to be close to God and we need to be available to God's heart. As we move closer to God's heart, we'll better, better understand, right? His voice and better listen because obeying God can transform your life. I stand here today because there have been numerous moments 
where the voice of God repeatedly spoke to me to get me here. Hearing God's voice can change your life, I know, because it changed mine. Let me give you a piece of my story of how, and I hope this can encourage you of how life-changing God's voice can be in your life. A few months after I graduated from seminary, there wasn't a plan on what we were gonna do next. I was working part-time at Starbucks and my wife, Melinda, was pregnant with our very first child. In desperation, we sat, together, sat down together asking God on what the next step should be for our life. In that moment, God spoke to us through the Holy Spirit, putting into our hearts and our minds the same geographical location, Albany, New York. See, even though my wife grew up in Schoharie County, we didn't know anybody in the Albany area, didn't have a job, we were living downstate at the time. We didn't have a church to attend, but we were confident God was telling us that he was calling us here to move to the Albany capital region. So we visited my wife's family for Thanksgiving one year and we ventured into and around Albany. We found an apartment, we signed the contract and put a deposit down. So with the December move-in date, we had a brand new baby, no idea what we we're gonna do next. Then God stepped in and a local church found out I was moving up here to the capital region and reached out about me being their pastor. And eventually I became their pastor a few months after moving up here. But here's the confirmation, the crazy part, knowing that it was God. The church that reached out to me was on the same road we got our apartment on just three miles down the road. How crazy is that? So when God speaks, we follow God provides. Story doesn't end there. After two years, I transitioned out of the church and went into business management for about five years. And at that time, we were looking for other churches to go to, a lot of great churches in the area. We came to Grace Fellowship. We walked into the lobby. Before we even got into a service, we felt this supernatural peace and said, this is the place, right? And as we continue with these five years of working in the business, we began to search for God's plan for us in the capital region. I felt called to ministry, but kind of conflicted what God was plan for me for my life was. So I began to search for ministry jobs all over in other states, all came up with dead ends. Then we remembered years ago, God's voice calling us to the Albany capital region. We still believe that no matter what, God was still calling us here, regardless of whether I went back into full-time ministry or not. So we decided to make a commitment to staying here in the region, and we bought our first house. But here's the crazy thing that God confirmed this decision, because exactly one month after we closed on our house, Grace Fellowship approached me about a position here at Grace Fellowship. And I immediately said, yes. I didn't even know what I was gonna get paid, but I knew it was God's plan for me. Because as soon as we bought our house, it was God telling us, Oh, now that you're serious about my calling to you, now when we review to you, my plan to you. Thanks. Amazing life-giving things can happen when God speak and we listen. See, you don't need super ability to hear God. You just need the availability to put yourself in the situation to hear from God. As we begin to grow 
in your understanding of God's voice, let me give you four questions to help determine if, if God's voice in your life. Four questions to kind of use as a, as a guidestone in your life. Number one, does it agree with God's word? Number two, does the voice that you're hearing, does it edify, does it exhort, does it console? Question three, right? Does it produce freedom or bondage? Because God's voice is gonna provide freedom for you. God's voice is gonna provide liberty to you. If it doesn't provide freedom or liberty, it's not God's voice. And then fourth, does it produce life or death? See, when God speaks to us, it is life-giving, it is life-changing for us. Today, we debunked the fan fiction statement that God only speaks to the godly. We wanna put to bed the false notion that God only speaks to special people with special abilities, but the truth of the matter is, God is constantly speaking to all of us, and it's simply a matter of availability. There are some of us today that God has maybe already spoken to through this service, and there are some of us today who desperately need to hear God because of a situation you're dealing with. Know this, God is speaking if we're available to listen. We go back to that challenge we had in 1 Samuel, right? And I wanna challenge you with a six-word statement that we found in 1 Samuel 3, a six-word statement that can possibly change your outlook, right? And here is this six-word statement. It says this. Speak, for your servant is listening. Can I get all of us to say this? All of our campuses in Saratoga, Happen and Latham. Let's say this together. Speak, for your servant is listening. What if you woke up every day and said, speak, for your servant is listening? What if when you open the Bible, you say, speak, for your servant is listening? Or what about when you go about your day, you say, speak, for your servant is listening? Because if we come with a posture of expectancy that God speaks, we're gonna begin to see that God does speak to us. See, initially Samuel didn't have a context to know what God was speaking, how God was speaking. But he approached with humility and expectancy. And it took time throughout Samuel's life to hear from God. But the more and more we begin to speak and to hear from God, God speaks to us, the more it becomes easier to notice those promptings. Speak for your servant is listening. Let that be our heart's desire and be available to God because he wants us to be available to listen. Let's pray. God, we wanna thank you that you are active and you are living in our lives, God. God, we thank you that you have spoke to us. So I pray, God, right now, for those of us in this room who are watching at all of our campuses and online, God, be that voice to us. Be that voice of comfort. Be that voice of truth. Be that voice of change. And Holy Spirit, may you bring about the words that we need to hear at the right time. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. In Jesus' name, amen.